technical explanation show as you can tell we got a little bit different of a setup today we have three guests today uh we got vanessa oswald ryan nicola and mark neiman and today we are going to talk about women's wrestling and but before we get into that uh, i want you to meet all of our guests so uh we're going to switch views here this is the first time we've done this folks hope it works out um vanessa do you want to go ahead please Yes. Hi, I'm Vanessa Oswald. I am one of the assistant wrestling coaches at Old Tangy Orange, and my primary focus is working on building the girls wrestling team. Um, I'm also the Ohio High School Wrestling Coaches Association girls representative, and then I am also the Wrestle Like a Girl Sanction Ohio Task Force Chair. Awesome. It's a lot of good stuff, so there's a lot of good stuff to talk about. Hey, thanks for making time today for this. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Next up, Brian, a little bit about yourself, please. How you doing? I'm Brian Nicola. I'm one of the assistant uh, coaches at Orange High School. I coach the girls team with uh, Coach Oswald and another gentleman and uh, Pat Doherty. I've been coaching for a while. I may be like 96. And um, girls-wise, outside of coaching, which is you know our primary focus with, with our girls, is um, I'm the NWCA girls rep for Ohio. And then here in the Central District, I am the girls rep uh, also. So it's a great group. Um, had a lot of fun. Awesome. And he said Central District, which leads us to our next guest, Mark Neiman. What's up, Mark? Hey, I saw that Traveler uh, record in your background, by the way. Awesome record, right? And St Stapleton, maybe? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Right. Go ahead. Sorry, man. No problem. <laughs> uh, I am Mark Neiman, and uh, I, I have none of the credentials these guys have. Holy smokes. I don't know where to begin with that. I, I do some work with the Central Ohio, yeah. the Central District, with a buddy of mine. Uh, together, we're a um, we're inside the circle. Uh, we're a Central Ohio-based entity that just we just want to promote the kids, promote programs, and uh, if there's anything else we can do, we want to do that as well. We're I'm a huge fan of the sport, and um, for not having much success, it really has like this it grabs a hold of you. You know what I mean? So I, I'm a huge fan of the sport. I'm a huge fan of the uh, the merits of you know, character and determination, all those things, the merits of the sport really, uh, really grabbed a hold of me. And uh, I see the importance of it now, which obviously is 20 years too late, 25 two years too late, but, you know, I can pass it down to my kids or uh, I do help out at a local high school and I can pass it on to those guys. Hey, what high school is that? I, I help coach at Licking Heights High School. Awesome. Hey, thanks. Never too late, right? You can always, that's why we're doing this now. You can make a difference still at any time, right? Whether it's the athlete, the coaches, the <coughs> officials, anyone's life. Maybe someone listen to this podcast, who knows? Um, but I want to go back to Olin Tangy Orange because it sounds like we've got a little bit of synergy there. Brian, can you tell me? It sounds like you've been around there the longest with the program. Can you get, tell me a little bit about the, the program there? Yeah, we were, um, I coached at West. I, when I graduated, I coached a couple of places in Dayton and then at, at Waterson as I was kind of figuring out what I was doing. And then I was the head coach at West High School for five years and then um, Bishop Reedy for two years. And I came up to Orange in 08 when the building opened and I was the, the boys head coach um, and stepped down there in 2015. So then I started to, um, I just kind of, I just kind of peaced. I was pretty chill about it. I, I, I mean, I missed it of course. And I watched a ton of it, but like um, I thought I was done. And then in 18 end of eight, I got in the, on the mat a little bit in 18 and then early 19. I know Vanessa was, I'll let her tell you about it. There was a meeting of the minds. And I started to hear about that there might be a girls tournament. We had a girl on in our boys program at Orange, real tough uh, national level girl, Taryn Martin. 
So Taryn and I started just talking in school. We had a meeting. A um, bunch of girls showed up. A bunch of girls kept showing up all spring. I knew Vanessa from, uh, she was friends with a girl that I coached at West, maybe how long ago? Five years, right? No, about 20 years ago. You don't ago. need to say all that. <laughs> 20, 20, uh, eight, seven, she met, uh, and I knew her a little bit through that, knew her old coach and got in touch with her. And then she started coming down and we hooked her uh, that summer. I think by the time it was fall, she was with us for at least part of the season. So getting Coach Oswalt in the room. Um, we've had good numbers both years. I think our numbers this year are going to be stupid. Um, we've been recruiting really hard, and um, it's starting to it's starting to pick back up. Um, I think we're going to have really great numbers, and we're really starting to see some athletes. And we've always had athletes coming out. That we're not just starting to see them, but girls that are like stars in other sports are starting to be okay with taking a chance and saying, "Hey, this is worth you know rolling the dice on. I want to see what I can do." So it's a lot of fun. They're good kids. Um, that's what's happening at Orange High School. That's awesome. Hey, Vanessa, do you care to like jump in where your part of the story and Brian's intersect there? Yeah. So, well, I first met Brian um, back in like, what was it? Oh, three, oh, four. When, um, yeah. yeah, when I was on the Ohio girls national team. And then um, back in 2019, we met in the spring um, with Dom DeSabato. And there was a whole bunch of um, Jeff Martin, um, the Shores, Castros. They were all a part of this meeting where uh, we were just brainstorming on how can we get this going? And uh, Dom came up with a really great idea. Let's get a girls' state tournament. Um, we kind of mirrored how Michigan did theirs and started with a state tournament and grew it from there. Um, so we sat down, came up with the logistics of how we are gonna run this tournament um, the Coaches Association has done amazing with it. Um, I'm now a part of that Coaches Association and everyone, uh, whenever I've been a part of these meetings, they're just 100% on board, uh, supportive. Um, so we had the girls' state tournament um, for the first year and it was amazing. I was so jealous I couldn't compete in it. I was like, I wanna be in this tournament. <laughs> Um, and then this past year, we did um, a qualifying tournament. We did districts and then state. And the quality of wrestling just in that one year leap, I mean, I didn't expect it Crazy. to be that big of a leap, but it was. And it's amazing to watch it. it yeah, it is. As a, just as a spectator and not as a coach, it's amazing to see how much it's just grown so quickly. Um, you had mentioned the, the coaches associations behind it. Um, and they're big supporters. Is that that's accurate, right? That's what you said. Oh yeah, they yeah. Okay. They they host the tournament. So. I knew that. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure I got my facts right. Um, yeah. I think that uh, those coaches, those folks, deserve a shout out. Do you mind? I know you might forget someone, but some of the coaches that are on there that you've been working with, care to drop oh, some names? Um, so to start, it was Dominic DeSabato, where um, he's now one of the um, past presidents. Um, Dean Conley. Uh, Sean Andrews has been such an amazing support and um, advocate for girls wrestling. I mean, he uh, built a big team of his own where they ended up winning the girls state tournament. Um, great. A these, yeah. A lot of these guys have just been great advocates. It, back when I was wrestling, I, I thought about um, the different <laughs> coaches and sometimes you just felt like maybe you didn't have that support. 
seeing the times change where like almost every coach that I interact with now is like, Hey, how's girls wrestling going? We see the growth in it. And we've got a few girls on our team. It's just nonstop support. That's awesome. So Mark, you and I have a little bit different of a view because we're not in a club, you know, for the season and we're not doing the day-to-day and driving and making sure we're doing all those things. <clears throat> From the start of this, I want to say this like rise in women's wrestling, which started in central Ohio. It, it really did. Um, what was your perspective and what did you see and how did you start to like not having that inside track start to see, oh my goodness, like this is, this is taken off. I think Vanessa used the, uh, their support advocacy. I, I think for me, there, there's all, there have always been girls who have wrestled as since I was a kid, I wrestled. I probably wrestled when I was in like, what do you call that youth league? I probably wrestled two or three, maybe four girls, you know, going to various tournaments. When I got into middle school, I wrestled two girls that I remember when I was in high school, my senior year, I wrestled in my, at the sectional tournament, I wrestled a female wrestler. So there have always been girls. I think if you ask those girls then compared to what they see now, like Vanessa, I think support is the difference in knowing that they have people behind them. They're, they're able to truly make wrestling their craft. Well, I'm not saying that girls before didn't make, truly make it their craft, but the energy behind it, I'll say this from the outside looking in, uh, the outside looking in, it really seems like there are, they, they, they understand their role in this thing called wrestling. Like, look, we need to get better. We need to build a team. We need to make this happen. I actually had a young lady who was second in the nation. She wrestled for me for six years. She was the only girl on our team. Uh, there were other girls who came out, but this one stuck it out. And her main emphasis for sticking it out was I was told I couldn't. Like, that was it, which is a great driving force. Love that. But I think had she had other members on our team and the support <clears throat> that girls are getting now, she probably would have had a different mindset. And it may, may, it may have freed her up to truly improve, which she did great every year. She wrestled. She got better every year. But I just think that that support seems to give that push from the backside that seems to be beneficial. That's from the outside looking in. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I'm on the outside looking in too. And the support team really is starting, it makes a lot of sense to me too. Because like you said, when I wrestled too, sure, every once in a while you see a female wrestler at a tournament. Um, I remember, gosh, I, when I was in high school, still a, a, a young lady made it to the second round of the state tournament and like the place is going nuts with the shot and everything. Mm. But when you see them through the years, it's like they're doing this all by themselves in this sport that we call an individual sport. But we know it's a team sport because you feel that camaraderie. But until you have that support, you don't feel like the team. And so you can't build until you have all that. And it sounds like you guys have just figured that out. And it's just it's so awesome to see. Is that I don't know if we figured it out. (laughs) Well, you figured out how to get further than anyone else has. (laughs) It's a work in progress. I mean, we're working on it. Okay, well, then that leads me to a, a, a good question then. In starting this up and getting from where you were when you started to where you are right now, what are some of the biggest hurdles, whether they were real or perceived, um, that, that you had to overcome in order you know, to get a state tournament, get a next year, get a district tournament, then a state tournament? I mean, what were the things you had to overcome? And that can go, uh, Brian, why don't you go? Or uh, You mean on, on the statewide level? Are you one yeah. of, like, not well, our team, but like the about your team? Your team, first of all. What did you have um, to do? Or was it state first and then team, or did you? Well, when we heard the state, when we heard the state was going to happen, then we built the team. Okay. Because it's that's a nice carrot to dangle that you can. I mean, it's, you want to have something you're shooting for. 
Okay. You know, so that's where we went with it. Advanced right. you or me? Go ahead, Brian. Um, so we, well, you know, I, we've been thinking, Vanessa and I talk a lot and, and I do want to shout out the other, like in central Ohio, um, we also have Marysville who is loaded, loaded. They're so, I mean, obviously Mary, right, Marysville. I know that inside the circle, I always fix them to finish a lot lower than they do, but um, they're good. I mean, they're good. They won state last year. They got almost every kid back. I mean, we, you know, they're, they're the, they're the big dog right now. Um, and then Delaware Hayes has 30 girls. So I spent a lot of time and Vanessa spends a lot of time. And then, you know, other coaches around the state, we're talking to these men and women all the time to really, we're all trying to figure it out, you know, because even in, in the district level, and I, I mean, I talk about this with my AD, we talk five times a week about it is same issue at Marysville, same issues at Hayes is, we're just trying to figure out how does this work? Do we have a head coach for the girls? Do we split it in the district? Do we split contracts? Do we split booster clubs? Those are things that are real growing pains. And, and all these programs that are having big girls teams have decided to make that a priority. We don't know the answer to those things yet. I mean, we know it will split eventually completely. And most of the teams kind of are split now. But we're, we're doing a lot of um, best practices sharing when it comes to how do we make it work? Mat time, practice time, gear, locker rooms, the whole deal. And, and so I know at Orange, you know, one thing that we knew that we had, again, like we had a really talented, experienced girl. She is now in college. So our girls have had to relearn what that team looks like without her. And we've actually had a bunch of great seniors the last two graduates. So it's not just Taryn, but tons of great kids, state placers all over the place. And so it's been, it's been fun and stressful and unique and, and interesting while, while they find their way. And it's, we, you know, we've come out in a way that I think is going to sustain the program for a long time. And I think for me personally, as a male, you know, I don't have any sons. My sister's nine years younger than, right. I have two sons. I don't have any daughters. Um, my sister's nine years young in, in me. So, you know, teenage girls is, is a foreign, fairly foreign concept to me. So I spent a lot of time trying to learn and ask, pick Vanessa's brain and talk to other female coaches in general. And so I think our program uh, um, is a, like a lot of programs in the state that are growing. Um, it's going to be dips and valleys. And um, at the end of the day, getting girls out and getting them excited about the sport. That's what's worked for us. It's like, we ask them to give us two open mats and we feel like they'll know at that point if this is their thing or not their thing. And mm. that's worked out pretty well. Interesting. Vanessa, what are some of you, uh, the insights and things that you learned as you transitioned to, the, to, the, to this new role? Um, really, I am new to coaching as a whole. I started uh, coaching at Mount Vernon as a volunteer and then um, I was there for a couple of years and uh primarily coaching the boys. And then I jumped over to Olin Tangy Orange. And um, what I guess like when I started coaching, I forget that these girls have never been around wrestling. And so something that just makes sense to me, I forget I have to explain that or like they just don't get things right away. Um, the funny thing is Brian picked it up is the girls tuck their socks or tuck their pants into their socks. They pick that up so fast. They do that all the time. That's like the little things that make you chuckle. Like, I love that. 
Um, but the challenge is really, um, I think the girl, like letting the girls understand that we're building as a team but it's bigger than them too. Sometimes when we talk about that, they get pretty stressed out. And not only are we coaches of On Tangy Orange, but Brian and I have taken on this role where all the coaches will reach out to us. We have made ourselves available, any kind of questions. So that's like a big challenge that we have is trying to give everyone a little bit of time, but being able to focus on our team at the same time. I think that's a big, a big challenge for both, both of us. Oh, you're muted. Yep, I'm muted. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> so uh, Brian, I'm going to leave you on the sidelines. I mean, Mark, I'm going to leave you on the sidelines for a second here. Brian and Vanessa, from, from your uh, perspective and working with coaches oh. and, and uh, officials throughout the state and stuff, um, how, what has the perception and how has things been received by uh, the officials that now get to officiate you know, wrestling matches for young ladies? I think with the uh, officials, it is, um, they've been so supportive as well. When we had our um, girl state tournament, there was pretty much everyone in the state, it felt like of officials were volunteering yeah. to wanting to be a part of that. And then the second year came around and we mm -hmm. had almost the same amount of officials just wanting to be a part of it and help grow it. Um, even at matches, uh, they're, you know, making sure the girls feel comfortable, um, females are present if need be. Uh, the referees have really uh, been accepting of more and more females coming on board. Awesome. Yeah, and, you know, we've learned with them, too, you know, as we've, we've you know, I think a big addition last year was um, the addition of weighing in in your singlet. Mm -hmm. um, that changes the game. You know, because before you're grabbing someone's mom, you're grabbing a trainer. It's not an official. It's really not an official weigh-in, you know, if we're honest about it. Um, I also was a big fan of I'm, – I'm kind of old school in some ways, but I'm also kind of – I like progress. Um, I like the hair change rule. These girls not having to even break – so, like, when they came away from swim caps or the, the caps when, when we started to do girls' matches, we just said, don't wear caps if you're wrestling girls. We didn't know if that was a rule, but nobody said anything in the first year. We just said, braid your hair. And they all braided. Um, I've heard Sally Roberts call them battle braids, which is just an awesome name for them. Just like, I don't know if like the Vikings braided them up to kick butt, but I like the idea. Give me those. I can't do it. Maybe my eyebrows or something. <laughs> yeah. but, um, we, but, but then going into this year, now they don't, they don't even, they, you know, the hair can be in its natural state. A lot of them still braid it. But some of them just go ponytail. Um, some of them go like old, like Tim Vanny, just everywhere. Um, but I, I think some of those adjustments, and that's a big part of that is Tyler Brooks, um, mm -hmm. who's our wrestling admin. He said after that first year, and you know we've been we've been you know working with OSA and going around with OSA and stuff. But he was like, we need to put language in the OSA rule book right now. He's like, I don't know when we're going to sanction. This is last summer of 20, but we need to get language in right now. We need to put in weight classes. We need to put in hair language. We need to put in undergarment language. And he did. And honestly, people take that for granted, but that was a huge, huge thing, at least from my point of view, from the officials and the uh, state, state admin side. Yeah. I mean, for me too, I get to coach junior high wrestling too. And it's, it makes, it makes it so much easier to do, to do a weigh in. 
you know, you're not growing, going around having to grab people and it's just, Mark, what do you got to say? Yeah. Uh, Brian mentioned the growing pains that come with this move from a non-sanctioned sport. And as we move, we're sanctioning. And I think we have 23 across the nation, 23 States. Maybe there's more 26. Ohio is not. What is it? 33. 33. Thank you. 33 States. Ohio is not one of them, but one of the things that I was going to mention as he talked about trying to figure it out on the fly. Um, one of the things that I'm, I noticed maybe last year. Yeah. Last year was a lot of uh, female tournaments were on Sunday. And one of the things that we're going to have to battle for is the space in the gym. And the other thing is we're talking about uh, having coaches just from my outside looking in, if I'm the boys coach and I'm the girls coach and we move our girls in order to get into a gym to Sunday, I'm now working Monday through Monday, and there's really not a break. So that's tough. But to the officials point, now they're doing back-to-back days, which I know I don't get into officiating for the very reason I'd get lost in a match. I'd forget if it was second period or third period. I mean, I would forget who was, you know, on top when they went out of bounds or something. So those guys, if after you, that's me on map match number one. Those guys are doing 20, 30, 50, 75 matches in a tournament, and then they got to turn around and do it the next day. I don't think, I don't think it, I don't know. They might not be top form is my point. So we, we need an entire different crop, new crop of officiating. We need a new crop of people motivated to coach girls. Not saying we need new wrestling rooms, but we need to figure out with the boys and girls teams, who's going to have the, just like boys basketball and girls basketball, no different. Like, look, we got to have a system here that you guys, Monday, Wednesday, Friday are early. We're late on uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So whatever that looks like, to, to Brian's point, as far as the growing pains are concerned, it not only starts with the team and who gets the, the mat space and when they get it, but it also goes to the gyms for events. And then it also extends on to the officiating, who's going to be officiating these people. So at the end of the day, there, there are many things that need we need to be like Tyler Brooks is doing, getting ahead of the ball, the move here, yes. getting ahead of the curve. This way, when that, when a, if and when the sanctioning does come, things are in place that we've thought forward as best we can, in order to attack things. This way, there's there those those seemingly otherwise would be bumps in the road have been flattened out at least a little. Because honestly, if I got 27 girl uh, boys on my team and I got another 15 girls on my team. And it becomes a problem. Someone's gonna, they're just gonna suffer. The kids are gonna suffer. And I don't want that. I don't want any issues. And if there are issues, I don't want my kids to see it because that's the last thing we need is some kid. Well, we always practice at eight o'clock at night for an hour, eight to nine. I don't want that. So ultimately, my point is the growing pains. We need to find coaches, we need to find refs, and we need to make sure that coaches are talking. And I loved, I loved what was stated about um, like uh, Sean Andrews coach for Marysville and Kevin Riemann, the coach for Delaware Hayes, they're, they're able to talk best practices. What do we got going on here? What do you got going on that we can steal? And so if coaches can stay together, yeah, hopefully that thing can happen. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like there's a lot of cooperation and collaboration and, and, you know, the best idea is never just one person's idea. It's a whole bunch of people come together and sharing information. Uh, What's that? Yeah. Except when we do. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We won't share our lineups then. But, uh, but Mark, I think you had a really good, good point to me, and at least to me. And the thing is, is maybe now that these women are being given 
the stage and able to compete and they're being represented and they're able to represent themselves representation right now now it maybe you know you'll have those um elite athletes that are going to go on and wrestle at these d1 d2 d3 wrestling schools that are opening you know you'll have some ones that are going to go to college and pursue their professional career and you'll have you know and you'll have some that will say, man, i really miss wrestling there's still something for me maybe officiating is the thing for them to do so they can stay close to it but i think one of the things we'd have to do in order to because this stuff takes time right we're trying to get young male officials right now and it's hard right mm -hmm. is what could we do as kind of a mentorship for maybe some of these um female wrestlers that you know hey i'm not going to go wrestle at, at college but maybe i want to look in into this how could we maybe get them exposed to it so that we could you know get these interested athletes i got a couple ideas that i've been in my head about women's officials and officials in general yeah. i think that, that i think that's a bigger concern than space or coaching because if osa sanctions um, schools that have a large number of girls, let's be really honest, they'll, they'll be required to meet those needs of them because it's a separate sport. Okay. So having a couple other contracts, figuring out gym space, just like basketball and football and soccer. I mean, like, I get that, that some coaches would give pushback, but like other, other sports are doing it. And I'm sure in the seventies when girls basketball was added or that soccer, I'm sure these were growing pains everyone's gone through. And there's a lot of things that could be done. Girls could practice at the middle school after the middle school, or I mean, you have a lot of ways that can make it work. I do think the officials is the biggest concern. Now, one of my, one of my, I, I feel pretty strongly that one of the things that has allowed us to have some numbers and then also Marysville and Hayes and Harrison and Mason and Lutheran West is, um, and Vanessa can speak to this in much more detail than I have. And she came up wrestling with the guys, but, but she's coaching a girls team is if we did, if we practice with the boys intermixed practice, the first year we did some split and we practice in the same room as them, but two separate pods kind of, we practice completely separate. Now we're not in the room with them at all. Um, that has drawn girls out. If we said right now, you're going to be on a guy's team, you can still wrestle girls, we're going to practice with the guys, we'll probably have five girls. Maybe, maybe 10. I don't know. But I feel that if we did officials classes that were female only, top by a female official or top by a male official that's not going to come in there and talk down to them and be playful or be, um, you know, professional yeah. right and i don't mean like hitting on them or anything i yeah. just mean like um you know if you have a female coming in that's wrestled for two years she's not going to have the knowledge that a 10-year wrestler is that's it okay but but she can learn enough to start to officiate middle school and be okay in a few years and so one or two um you know, uh, we have a couple grads that have one or two years experience. I think they'd be awesome officials. Um, they would be probably be more likely to go into an officials class that was women only. You could get some moms, you get some ex-mat stats, you could get some bunch of ex-wrestlers. I mean, there's, there's a lot of girls graduating in Ohio now that have wrestled that are not wrestling in college. I think you could get them. And maybe I'm, Maybe it's a pipe dream. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about, but that's my take. I feel like that would be a more inviting experience for your officials class. I think that would, that would open the doors in the same way and all girls open, Matt would open it. And I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Vanessa, what's your take? 
Now, I feel like uh, females would have a little bit more confidence going into it and not feeling so judged because we are in a male dominant sport. Um, that's the sad truth. But I think that if there is an offer for an all females uh, officiating clinic, I think you would have more female interest in it. Hmm. All right, you've got my wheels spinning. So uh, I, I like that idea. It just makes it makes complete sense to me. Uh, Mark, does it make sense to you too? Yes, it does. And I, I think there's two sides to this coin. I think this is this is Mark Neiman speaking for Mark Neiman. I would want anyone and everyone to, to be welcomed into this sport, period. If, if you're a female, and I thought I think Brian's point is spot on in the fact that I don't need I don't need to be talked down to. I don't need other people to be talked to, is talked down to, especially if they're coming in to be a part of the sport. Like that is a terrible attitude to have. As an individual, as a human being, you should be treated with respect. And so, but if you did get together and Brian's point is clear, I, be, I believe wholeheartedly that if they, if they have to practice with boys, if they might get five, but if they, they tell them they're, it looks, it's only girls, it's only girls. And I'll tell you how I know that's true, that they would have more people because we sell to freshmen. Listen, we will only make you wrestle other freshmen. Kids who are just coming into the sport, just like you. If you do real well at the freshman level, we will ask you if you want to go to a JV tournament. It's that simple. You don't have to, but if you if you find yourself beating all these freshmen, go to a JV tournament. So what's the sell? You're going to be with peers. You're going to be with people who are right with you. So, and that's a selling point because we all want that zone of proximal learning. The idea of, look, I don't need calculus to a third grader. They, they're not going to get it. However, if I can get them to a point where, hey, I can understand this and I can excel at this level, maybe I can go a step further and I can push my boundaries a little bit. So I love the point, Brian. It's phenomenal. And Bryce, this is on you. Not, I mean, it is on you. You're going to have to come up with some female officials here, bud. Hey, That's I, your job now. I like a good challenge. I don't know if I'm going to, but I'll, I can network. Um, yeah, I mean, and here's why I believe 100% what Brian says too, is because when you're talking to junior high kids, uh, me trying to get them to come out and wrestle, if I had enough seventh graders to say, hey, look, if you come out, you're only wrestling with the seventh graders, I guarantee they'd be more likely to do that than go and after a wrestle against the eighth graders too, just because in their mind, right? And also the other thing is, is we have a weird uniform that we wrestle in too. <laughs> so when you're going out to junior high kids and saying, hey, do you want to try something new for the first time in your life? on a mat in front of hundreds of people. And by the way, here's what you got to wear. Uh, that's tougher than when you start them really young, right? And so uh, what I found just in the last five years is like, if you can say, hey, we have a two-piece, that makes more people even more comfortable to wrestle than a singlet too. So it's really finding out what is, at least in my opinion, and it sounds like Brian, you found it there, is like, what really is the barrier that's keeping this thing from happening? And how can I move as many uh, bricks away from that wall to make it, you know, easier for these people to join so i love it right and i think i think it's the gateway to it you don't want to we don't want to be gatekeepers um to keep people out of our sport um and someone's probably listening to this and thinks well you know it's going to be tough on the mat officiating anyways might as well get tough now but the entryway can be easy staying in can be hard that's okay hard's good challenging is good pushing yourself's good being challenged all that stuff's good but and egress in is the right move. And I bet if we had a girls, a uh, women's uh, 
officiating class that was open to 16 and over. Um, you know, I think, I think we see a lot of postgrads. Um, maybe I'm not, maybe two people show up. I don't know, but like, who knows right now, like zero is showing up. So, yeah. and, you know, and, and it'd be interesting to hear, uh, what... by the way, the girls love singlets. They're, they're <laughs> okay. They, we had Jersey day at our school and they wore their singlets. Um, and they just, they're also like guys, like they're adopting their characteristics. Like Oswald said, they come Tuck walking in the, in the middle, middle of my 11th period class in singlets, like messing with stuff on my desk, moving my stuff around, trying to take a picture. I'm like, what are you doing? You know, what are you, but it, it's kind of cool though, to be honest yeah. with you. Well, like, yeah, you... they're just like, they're weird wrestlers, just like the fellas. Yeah. It takes a special person for sure. And I think one of the things, I'm going to be interested in doing is learning more about what some of the other states are doing, especially the 33 that have sanctioned uh, uh, female wrestling, because um, I know, like you mentioned, I think it was, was it you, Brian, or Vanessa mentioned that you kind of did what um, Michigan did with their state tournament first. And um, one of my first shows that I got to do here is with a, a Michigan wrestling official. And he started in high school becoming an official. He did a mentorship. He didn't, they didn't even take a class in Michigan. You just have to, have a mentor uh, official and then eventually they test your you know your mechanics and everything and then you can take the class but they've reduced all the barriers there too so that's a model that I think has worked there too so maybe that's something else we can explore but I like the idea that it sounds like you guys have been thinking about these different things a lot for quite a while and it's good to get some of these out Vanessa yeah something that um, we're incorporating at orange is um to i think it's going to help build the confidence of the girls is kind of making them help out with the youth program we now um, we have a dad that stepped up and is taking on building a girls youth uh, club at old tangy orange and so having these girls volunteer their time to um, help coach they're going over the fundamentals you know that they're having to think about it and so i think that's going to help um, either build coaches and officials. That could be a game changer because at least from what I see, you know, on the, on the boy side too, it's, it always starts with the bitty club. Like obviously you have to start somewhere, but if you have a really strong, strong bitty club, then you see it in the junior high in a few years, then you see it in high school and then you just see it every year. It's, it's not uh, recruiting, it's reloading. Right. So that's, that's awesome. The other thing too, is I could, I'm just trying to imagine me being, you know, a little kid again. And do you remember how cool it was when you'd see the high school wrestlers and they'd come and after practice, they're all sweaty and they're like, hey, here's how to hit a half. Can you imagine being a little girl and seeing the girl that you look up to that's a returning state placer teaching you how to hit your first single leg or double leg? I mean, that's pretty awesome. That's awesome. We are the gentleman that's running our, our girls youth is Josh Wynn. He was my heavyweight at, at Orange, maybe 2008 to 10. So he brought his daughter up when we had a girls practice open mat one night on Sunday. He wasn't sure he was going to do it. He was pretty sure. And he brought her up. He's like, you know, she's, she does dancing and she does gymnastics. So he brought her up and she, and he texted me that night and was like, her mouth was hanging open. He's like, she's, he's like, I'm in, I'm in. All right, let's do it. So um, we got a K to five program girls and we got a six, seven, eight uh, club program. And so you know, getting, getting the right people in place there, which I feel like we have the right people in place. Um, making it fun. The little kids, I think just like bitty boys is, um, it should be fun. It should be skills-based games. 
Um, matches are fine. I don't know. I don't know if you need a match when you're six or seven, but whatever. Go out there and roll around, pin some people. Yeah, I don't 20 know. To, need, Twenty to eighteen. I don't know yeah. if you need to compete that early either. I mean, uh, you know, we'll Ben Askren, uh, uh, Jake Herbert, yeah. all those guys have some great theories. Uh, Andy Rovat have some great theories about that. Um, all right, fine so, if you want to do it, I just don't. I just don't think it's essential. Yeah, it's fine. I don't think you need to go to Tulsa when you're five, but whatever. Go I mean, to Tulsa. They're, they're lucky if they can even know how their bodies move, right, or how they control their hips and stuff. Um, so. Uh, one of the last question I want to have for all you guys on here, and I, I, it's not just a, a one and done here, but over the last like let's five years now, because the Olympics, not this last one, but the one before, it was five years ago. Now there has been a lot of progress in women's wrestling, and there's been a quite a few historic moments, um, and sometimes that have just been like that's going to be awesome for the sport. That was just awesome, like. And I just want to hear each of you, like one of your top moments, it doesn't have to be the top one, but it could be at Olympian George, it could be at the high school tournament in another state, it could be watching the Olympics, it could be what just happened yesterday. Um, but name your the moment that you're like, man, this is this is really good for the sport. And uh, Mark, why don't you go, please? Yeah, no problem. Uh... I'm trying to think of the exact, it's Helen and won it in 2016, if I'm not mistaken. She hit a attempted slide by to a foot sweep, maybe. Uh, that was legit. That was absolutely fantastic. And you know, uh, this, I, I, as an American, I'm looking at an American flag right now, but Japan's bottom weights, they are so dynamic. They are so good. Like, I think to myself, okay, my son's 126. He'd have to wrestle one of the... I, I don't, man, it would be rough sledding. Like those girls are freaking hammers. And I say this all the time. Those girls are hammers. But when Marulis did what she did, that was legit. And then I, so I just got on to uh, the world team trials and the Joker was able to up in Winchester. And I just, I, I'm watching that thinking to myself, you know, that I, I love Jakara Winchester. I think she's awesome. I love all of our girls wrestlers. They're great you have the second crop coming up and beating the first now all are the team that's there now for the world team every i think every subsequent match moving forward is going to get tougher and tougher i mean uh was it kennedy uh shield shield blades or, yeah. blades sorry blades i mean that girl is a freaking beast oh, good. so everybody who is in the spot now someone's going to be coming up behind that is going to be even tougher than they were when they were that age. Yeah, you're exactly so. right. And I, I did a little fist pump when you said the Joker, and that's not anything against Jakara, but gosh, that last time they wrestled, I think it was the week that she lost her mom, you know? Yeah. Oh, was just, that her? Yeah. No, she yeah. wrestled Maru. She lost to Marulis. Yeah, no, she, yeah, but she lost to Marulis. But I'm saying now she that dropped, to, she dropped away. Yeah. She dropped down to 53. Yes. But yeah, for her to was, make the team, that was some heart, man. Oh my lord! Yeah. That if that didn't get you in the fields, I don't know who you are. Hey, is that the one who was apologizing at the end? Yes. yes. Oh. Man. So those are my two moments. I'm just giving you. You picked. You stole my first one, and that was my right. second one. So <laughs> Brian, you want to go? <laughs> Girls wrestling. Um, you know. I, I, uh, in 04 was my moment. I had, um, that was the first year we had the Olympic team. Okay. For women. And I, I had, um, there was an article in people magazine and I, if you can see the shot, I'm almost sure it was people. Yeah. It was, um, all for the women. It was Trisha Miranda. Um, we hey. had Taylor O'Donnell. It was at 121. Uh, uh, Sarah McMahon was at 138. And uh, 
Car Montgomery, was it 50, 158? And they were like standing on like a mountain or something in their gear laughing. And it looked like, and I thought, these, these women, these women are good. And I mean, every, I read the story and it had their bios and it was like a movie. You had women from all different walks of life. Um, I mean, not to put really all different ethnicities. Um, you, you had a white woman, an Asian woman, a Latina woman, and a black woman. You had all different weights, all so good. And their stories were unique and different. And there were some threads of sadness that wove into each of their stories, something that pushed them to that next level. And I read this and I was like, this is, this is pretty cool. And that next year we started to take our group of girls at West High School to tournaments. And uh, we would go up to Mount Vernon where Vanessa wrestled. And they, had, they used to run a, a little state tournament that was pretty solid. Um, it was all those tech and fools all over the place. But, um, and I remember thinking when I, I, I'll send you guys this photo later. It's amazing. It's just, that was it, man. I was like, that was pivotal. And of course, Helen's amazing. So yeah, it's awesome. Please send that photo for sure. Vanessa. For sure. Brian, you stole mine. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's awesome. I've got a few though. I've got a few. So I think in 2004, um, like I qualified for the Olympic team trials and just to be a part of it and wrestling next to these females and then I got to go out to the Olympic Training Center that summer in 2004, and I was in a training camp with them, and I was just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Like, you can actually, like, achieve your dream. Like, winning an Olympic gold wasn't obtainable for females before 2004, and 2004 was, like, that monumental moment, and um, so it was really cool. I, I think that was, and all those women are just outstanding individuals in themselves. And then we fast forward to this year. I was just in like, I was staying up till midnight, waking back up at like 2 a.m. just to watch all the matches. And I'm like sweating and all into them. And the personalities of all of these females that have been on these teams, there's not one downside that I can say. They have been advocates. They have been leaders. They have been role models to these females. They speak, they go out and they teach these girls. It's just like, it gives me goosebumps just how um, great these Olympic and world teams have been. Um, I don't know. It's just uh, this past Olympics. It's just like to see where in 2004, where it started to this Olympic team. It's, it's pretty awesome. Not to mention that there was only four weight classes back in the day. And now, you know, it's all even six. And you were there at the start of it. That's awesome. Uh, and, and I'll take one more thing, one more step further. Uh, Tamara Stock, uh, when she came back, she uh, made sure her mom got her food truck too with her winning. So, I mean, these women are just amazing and they've only had four Olympiads. Like that's, that's nuts. So my goal, I hope is it doesn't take that long for uh, women's wrestling to take off like that in Ohio, but a lot, a lot of ground can be made up in a short amount of time there. Um, Oh, I want to thank you all for your time. I know you're all very, very busy, but I do have one more question for you. Um, and so this is going to go out uh, next week. Um, if there's one thing that anyone that sees this video on social media or, or wherever they see it, there's one thing that they can do to help move us closer to sanctioning uh, women's wrestling in Ohio, what would that be? Or what can we all do to show our support and, and try to push towards that goal? 
Mark, I'll go, go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Vanessa. Yeah. My thing is, um, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to encourage a girl. Don't be a, afraid to encourage even a parent or a past sibling to help out, to step up, to um, you know, help build a team as well. Or you know, just having a couple females come out. Um, don't be afraid. Awesome. Thank you, Brian. Um, I think I'll just give you something really functional. Go to Rust Like a Girl's website. Go under resources. There's a PDF there called, um, I think it's called Best Practices. It's a clickable PDF that was worked on last summer. I was part of the crew that worked on it, but honestly, I didn't do much. I just learned and listened and um, turned, learned a ton from some really experienced coaches of girls across the country. It is a pretty, it's a pretty comprehensive thing. It goes through training, ways you communicate differently. I mean, we're different men and women are different, you know, like you just, um, how you communicate differently, um, you know, health things, weight cutting, uh, all the whole gamut. It's a pretty sweet resource and it's clickable and you can go to, it takes you a bunch of different sites. And honestly, it's a one-stop Rust like a girl is the real deal. If That's anybody it. has an experience, Sally Roberts, you got to have her because she's done. When we look around the country at high schools and colleges adding, she's the cog. She's one of the main cogs. There's other USA Wrestling and WCA, but tons of people, but she's, she doesn't take no for an answer. It gets things done. Okay. So wrestlelikeagirl.com is where people can get that PDF with all those answers in. All right. I'm going to make sure that we share that from Russ, uh, technical explanation show. All right, Mark. I would say, am I new? Okay. I would say the, uh, and I say this about all wrestlers, female wrestlers have to be the biggest advocates for their sport. They need to be the biggest voice. So if they have a, if they know, if Delaware Hayes knows they're wrestling Olentangy Orange, Delaware Hayes has to make it a mission that every kid bring, like tells two people and gets two more people to come. You, you have, we have to, number one, be our biggest supporter, our own biggest supporter, number one. Number two, we have to, oh, I just lost it. No, we have to add value to our school. That was it. We have to add value to our school. As a school program, we have to add value. We cannot just always be taking. If we're not giving more than we're taking, then we're not doing it right. That's true for boys and girls. So, uh, but the girls, be the biggest cheerleader. Like truly try to get people to your dual meets. Be a part of a team, do what you can. And I would think that, I don't know, this is just my, my own version of Brian Nicola's pipe dreams. If I see energy, I will be attracted to it. It's just the way it is. I mean, in the sport of wrestling, if I see people are moving, I will be a part of it. I went, I was invited and I did go to the Miami East versus Olentangy Orange dual meet. I was invited there and I went and I'm glad I did. It was a, it was a great event, great event from start to finish. So again, if there's energy, I'm attracted to it. I'm sure others are. And be your be your team's biggest cheerleader and really try to get people out. So Mark, you're telling me you need more energy than you already <laughs> carry around? <laughs> like <laughs> I guess not, but nah, I just messing with you, man. That's it awesome. is great to see. Yeah. Hey, this has been great. I appreciate it if you guys just stick around after the recording here so we can just catch up really quick. Um, thank you so much for being on. I'm looking forward to the season and hopefully this isn't the last time that you're on the show. So thanks for having us. Thank yeah, you.
let's start there. Where does your wrestling story start? How old were you? Do you remember? Yeah, actually, I do. I can remember the first time I went to a bitty practice. I was five years old and in kindergarten. Uh, Clyde did not have a bitty program at that time. We were talking like 1985, 1986 in there. And so we went to the Fremont YMCA, and that was one of the first places around that even had it. Uh, so I went with a couple of buddies and went over and got my butt whipped quite a bit and wasn't quite sure, you know, wrestled in one tournament that year, got a, got, didn't get any wins, you know, but got second place trophy by to the finals, which was fun. So, um,